This is HPR episode 2044 entitled, Bring on the Power. It is posted by Anibil and is about 19 minutes long. The summary is, in this episode Anibil talks about power supplies used for electronics work. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hi, this is Ken. Just a quick reminder not to forget to go and vote for HPR on the podcastawards.com website. Thank you. This is NY Bill, and I'm back with more electronics goody talking stuff. Uh, today, I was going to talk about power supplies and getting power to your project. Years back, I mean, when I was a kid, I would use batteries. So that's all I had, you know, sitting around. So, like, double A's at 1.5 volts, and you can stack them up until you get to whatever voltage you need. Or 9 volts, I, I used a lot, but... When you start getting into like LEDs and electronics, you're going to want 5 volts or 3.3 volts. 9 volts is going to be too much for you. The next inexpensive step, I guess, would be to go find wall warts, which come with you know all your devices, that black square that you plug into the wall, and then it goes into your device. I'm sure your, your phones have them. I, I'm looking around the room right now. There's a lot of equipment that has a wall wart. Trans- so the transformer is right there at the mains. And it transforms the mains voltage. It's 120 here in the States. Uh, and it'll transform it down to whatever voltage that device needs. It could be, you know, it could be 3 volts. It could be 5 volts, 9 volts, 12 volts, whatever. The, the wall wart is matched to the equipment that it's being sold with. But if you get a small collection of these, and I have it down in the basement. I have a milk crate that's just full of old wall wart power supplies. And, and sometimes I got to go dig through there and find the right one. Recently, I did that. I did a HPR about a oscilloscope kit, a DSL-138 sometime back. And when I wanted to bring that device to the lug, it wanted 9 volts. So I went digging through that milk crate to see if I could find a 9-volt wall wart that would fit the socket of the kit so we could troubleshoot it at the lug. I didn't have, I did have 9-volt wall warts, but I didn't have uh, one with the proper barrel socket on it. Another thing they sell, I haven't seen one in years, but I do have one around somewhere, but I lost the attachments. What it is, it's a wall wart power supply, and on the power supply it has a switch, and I think mine runs from 3.3 volts up to 24 volts, and it hits steps in between. So 3.3, and I think there was 5 maybe or 6, and then a 9 volt, and then something a little higher. I haven't used it in quite a while. It might have been 16 volt. It just steps up in little steps, and you can switch that switch for whatever project you you need it for. If you start getting a, a little more serious about electronics, the next thing you're going to you're probably going to want a bench power supply because you're going to have all your electronics out on a desk somewhere and you're not going to want to just I I did I I used batteries forever like a breadboard with a 9 volt clipped into it and then I'd have to 
you know, reduce the voltage with resistors and it just, you're going to want to step up to a power supply at some point. And power supplies are fairly inexpensive and I'll get into, well, and they can be fairly expensive as well. What I have is a tech power. I think it was like 50 bucks. It's a cheap little zero to 30 volts DC, zero to three amps. It's a switching power supply. Switching power supplies are less expensive. The other style power supply you can get from your bench is a linear power supply. And let me just talk about the differences between the two. The switching power supply is going to be small, lightweight, fairly lightweight. I mean, there's different size ones, and you know, but mine's pretty small. It's uh, six inches high by maybe three and a half inches wide, and depth is maybe 10 inches. You guys can convert that to whatever other weird numbers, cubits or whatever you guys use. And then it's uh, on the front is voltage and current, two knobs, and coarse and fine. So you can go from zero up to 30. This one actually puts out like, it'll do 31 point something, but probably under a load, it would pull that back down to 30. And let's say you need 9.7 volts. You can go coarse until you get to nine, and then you can use fine until you get to that 0.7. So it's come in handy. The only thing with switching power supplies are they are switching at very high frequencies in inside them. And sometimes they make this really high-pitched whine. And some people can hear it and some people can't. I can hear it. This thing drives me crazy. It's I don't know if anybody remembers like an old tube TV when you were a kid or something, a big tube TV. Did any of you ever hear like a high-pitched whine coming out of it? I used to have to go up and smack the side of our TV and that would go away. I don't know what the smacking was doing, like resetting a tube or something, but I can hear this high-frequency switching and my wife can't. I had her in the room one time. I go, you can't hear this? You can't hear this? And I'm switching it on and off. So if you're susceptible to hearing this, like a very, I, I can't mimic it because it's, it's higher than that. Switching power supplies might put out this sound. So the other type of power supply would be a linear power supply and what those have is large transformers in them sometimes it's a toroidal transformer those look pretty neat look up a picture of those it looks like a big donut with copper wrapped around it and the taps come out and what those do is they generate their voltage and they will use uh, physical relays in there and different switching to go through and give you whatever voltage you're trying to dial in however these are usually large units and they can get hot and then they need cooling. So you're either got you got this switching power supply, very high frequency buzz you're gonna put up with, or you're gonna have a linear power supply with no buzz, but sometimes a big fan might kick on. So those are pluses and minuses. Another thing with power supplies, and I wish I got this on just like fair warning. My power supply, when you turn it on, it's live. It's the the voltage is going to the end of the probes. I wish I had a button on this to turn the output on and off. Because sometimes, um, sometimes I have the probes hooked to a piece of equipment and I go to change the voltage. If you have a very sensitive piece of equipment and the voltage is always going to the end of the probes, you don't want to overshoot when you're using your course knob. If you if you got a 3.3 little, you know, I don't know, Arduino or something, you don't want to move that course knob and go up into four volts just for a second by accident and then come back down you'll probably start frying things so and actually this this did bite me once uh, a previous hpr again the one with the uh, dso nano 138 
oscilloscope kit. If you listen to that episode, you'll see that I got into trouble with the board and I may have fried something. And it was because of this power split. Well, it was because of me. But the way I was holding the probes, because there was no way to turn off the voltage of the probes without turning the whole unit off, I, I was holding live probes in my hand and I touched the board and, you know, bad things happened. So that's one thing I wish... I mean, if I get another power supply, I'm definitely going to make sure it has an output on-off button. You turn the output off, you do all your dialing in, you figure out what voltage you want, make sure everything's hooked up and clipped right, and you just hit one button, and your voltage comes out nice and clean. Clean. We should talk about clean. <laughs> Some cheaper power supplies, they might have overshoot or undershoot. When the voltage is applied, if you want, we'll just use 9 volts. Just research a power supply that you're going to buy and figure out the overshoot, undershoot, and if it's acceptable to you. If you want 9 volts and the, power, the cheaper power supply you have, you hit the output or you turn it on and it overshoots to 10 or 11 volts and then settles to 9 very quickly, but you still have that overshoot of voltage there. So just be warned. Figure out what class of power supply you're going to get into. I mean, I'm sure if you're into electronics to the point where you're researching the spec sheets of this stuff you you know what you're doing you know but i'm just warning to, for if anybody like hears this and gets inspired to step up from you know using batteries to getting a bench power supply i'm just giving you you know some gotchas or some things to look out for so when i got this little i should take a picture of these and i can show you these yeah i plural so i'm going to talk about another one in a minute uh when I got this and I heard that high frequency noise, I could hear it. My computer room is about well, maybe 14 by 10 feet. Now, anyways, the I do electronics in one corner of the room and the computer is in a complete opposite corner of the room. And even when I'm sitting over at the computer, I can tell if I forgot to turn off the, the power supply because I'll just hear that high pitch whine. I did start researching linear power supplies and I did find one that I was going to buy. And it's good to read the reviews because that one did say, this the fan kicks on once in a while and it's like a jet engine so so far i've just been putting up with this bench power supply that i have it's a little cheap unit someday if i upgrade i may get another switching power supply and i'm definitely going to get one with the on off button or the output on off but i'm going to research better and see what the the high frequency noise is that comes out of it read some reviews and see if i can get a better one Another power supply that I recently ran into, and this goes back once again to that, you know, I bought that $22 oscilloscope kit, in, you know, innocently enough, let's put together a kit, but it's been hours and hours of troubleshooting, which have been a lot of fun. The, the, hour, the troubleshooting has been fun, but that $22 kit gets me on Amazon one night and I buy another $100 power supply. So it's in front of me right now. How, when I said earlier that I looked in the basement for a wall wart, to plug into this kit so I could bring it to the lug and we could troubleshoot what might be the problem with it. I didn't, ha I couldn't find a wall wart, so I didn't know how when I brought this board to the lug, how we were going to power it to even like stick a meter on it and try and figure stuff out. And I'm on Amazon and I'm looking for, I think I was looking for one of those, uh, the wall warts that you could switch back and forth, which I have one, but I don't have the different barrel ends. It comes with a whole bunch, all the different barrel ends you need, and then. The actual wall wart wires itself are just two prongs. So you pick whatever end you need, whatever diameter, and stick it onto those two prongs, and it gives you that round barrel. 
Oh, another gotcha. I just thought of this. Some of those barrels, the outside is negative and the inside is positive. And some of them, it's the other way around. The inside is negative and the outside is positive. So always take a meter when you get a random wall wart and figure out what's positive and what's negative because you don't want to feed something backwards. Anyways, the $22 kit gets me to buy a $100 power supply. This is also a switching power supply. And surprisingly enough, this one makes no noise. I can't hear any noise. But it is the size of a multimeter. It's a 30 volts at 1.6 amps. And it's a little power supply that goes in my hacker bag now. So now the hacker bag has its own power supply. It's made by Tech Power. It's, it's a TP3016M. So let me turn it on. So now, you know, that mobile hack space, that blue hacker bag, which I've, I did at HPR years, years back about, like, what's in my bag. I talked about this. It keeps accumulating interesting things. And this is a recent interesting thing that it got. So I'll take a picture of this or maybe link it in the show notes. Uh, let me plug it in here and turn it on. Yes, plug it in. That's one of its downsides. It's been pretty good. There's no noise to this one. I got, I'm holding it right up to my ear now. It has a nice big screen, and it's it has a backlit that automatically comes on. It's white. This So far, it's been a cool unit. You, you hit enter, and then you have... Uh, you know, up, down, left, right, and you can change your voltage, your current, and then it does have the output on, off. It's a big, uh, it looks like a power button, but it's not a power button. It just sends output to the output. Did that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, I suppose it did. It's like a redundancy output. Uh, the other thing it will do, it has two USB ports, so you can charge a phone on it, or you can run a RPI out of this thing, so you, you get five volts at two amps. So this has been a pretty neat portable power supply. The only downfall for it is there's no on-off switch. I don't know why they didn't put a switch or a soft button. The only way to turn it off is to pull the plug out. So what I did was I ordered this, the, the power for it is like lamp cord. If you're familiar with lamp cord, the two wires going. And some lamps you can have a little tiny rocker switch or a little roll you know, switch that you keep rolling to turn the light on and off. So I'm going to modify this cord that it came with. I already got the rocker switch. It's just an on-off, up-down, red button. And I'm going to cut one of these wires in here. I'm gonna, I, I say I'm going to find the hot wire and put that on the switch, but this is the type of cord where you can just flip it back and forth or plug it either way in the main. So one of these wires is going to have a switch on it so I don't have to keep plugging this in and out. If something doesn't work for you, find a way to hack it. <laughs> It also has a dedicated button for USB. You press that, it turns green. It automatically, you might be up at 30 volts, but it automatically brings things down to 5 volts at 2.5 amps. So that's a safety feature so you don't blow up your phone or whatever you're doing with USB. The only thing this won't do is go down, completely down to 0 volts. It's, it's like 1, it's like a 0.3. Well, let me try and do it right now. Set my voltage. Yeah, 0.3. It'll go, only go down to 0 0.3 volts. It won't go to completely to zero with the dial button. Of course, it goes to zero if you turn the output off. But if it's important for you to, let me, if it's important that you have a power supply that goes completely to zero, this this isn't it. But but it's so cool. It's like it fits. There's a part of my hacker bag which is supposed to be where you put like a thermos and maybe your sandwich. This It's like a tool bag. I got it. I was at some like electrical convention or something. And the raffle ticket, I won this weird little bag. And it's a tool bag. You put tools, there's pouches on the outside, the inside. 
And then up at the top is a pouch where you're supposed to bring your lunch to work, I guess. So it's a, it's a little bagged area that has some like uh, thermal lining in it, so it'll keep something cold or hot. That's where I put all my meters. It's a nice little padded area, and I just stack them up sideways. So this, the Unity's in there now, and now uh, that Oan, the B35T, is in there, and then this Tech Power stacks in there nicely. And then right next to that is a portable butane soldering torch. So that fills that compartment nicely. However, I am running out of room in that hacker bag. If I get any more tools, something's going to need to be done. Oh, and I just remembered one other cool thing. I, I should link this too. I'm thinking about getting it. Uh, I'm sure you all know what a breadboard is. And, you know, you're, you're, you put your through-hole components and you can build up and test something before you want to go and put it on, you know, actually solder it to a board or go and etch something. I saw one recently. It was on eBay, I think. Uh, it's just your normal-looking breadboard, and you can use the device it's going to come with with any breadboard. And on, on a breadboard, up a top and... At the bottom, there are two sets of holes, and that's where you would put like plus and minus. Like you might put a 9-volt battery and put the plus and the minus in there. And then all along the breadboard on the bottom, you have a plus, you have a negative and a positive, and you can just bring jumpers out to whatever device needs some power. This $7 item that I saw on eBay, it's a breadboard, and then at the end is a little device you clip on, and it goes into the top and the bottom, those two rails, that provide power down the breadboard. And then on that, it you know, it plugs in with a wall wart, and then it has some power, like power conditioning and rectification. And then there's a little switch where you can have zero volts, like off, or you go one way and you got 3.3, or you go down the other way and you got five volts. So that's perfect for, that would be a perfect upgrade for the breadboard that I have now where I have to run leads out or alligator clip onto jumpers and stick it into those uh, those two power rails. So. And it's $7, like $7 delivered out of China. I don't know how stuff gets here so cheap sometimes. So there you have it. It's just, uh, I thought I'd just do a quick HPR while I was sitting here at the bench with a couple power supplies out and just uh, talk about my experiences with them. And if you're in the market for a power supply, I hopefully you got something out of this, like what to look for or what not to look for. So if anybody wants to chat on uh, GNU social slash Identica, I am nybill at sn dot, yeah, nybill at sn dot gunmonkeynet dot net. Email is nybill at gunmonkeynet dot net. <laughs> Email is nybill at gunmonkeynet dot net. And as always, we could have a conversation in the HPR comment section. If you'd like, I'll check back with that. Okay, until next time, guys. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.